0: hey everybody my name is chris mcdaniel it is so good to be with you today Uh, we're thankful to have you join us in worship Uh, today's the sunday after thanksgiving and the beginning of the advent season and our prayer for you is that you were able to navigate all the complexity of uh, celebrating thanksgiving in the midst of a pandemic we know that for many of us it was a a difficult decision on whether to gather and how to gather and what that looks like and our prayer for you is that you were sustained and that you were able to find some things for which you could really be thankful for you know that's one of the challenges and invitations in front of all of us Um, Even in the midst of uncertainty and trial and tribulation, we all have things for which we can intentionally be grateful. Speaking of grateful, today begins our Advent journey. And if you're anything like me, I didn't grow up in a home that really knew what to do with Advent. Um, We had a, a calendar on the wall with some chocolates on it every now and again. And yet Advent is so much more than chocolate. Advent is a season where we anticipate the coming of Jesus Uh, actually two comings. We look back at the first coming of Jesus in the manger in Bethlehem. That's what we tend to think of, but we also anticipate the second coming or the return of Jesus. So over the next number of months, we're going to be sitting with the prophet Isaiah, and we're going to learn to anticipate the coming of Christmas. See, the irony, right, is that Christmas happens on the same day every year, December 25th, and yet somehow for many of us, it always seems to sneak up on us Well, we want to take these next 25 days or so to be really intentional about how we might prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus. See, we don't want to miss what God has for us. And Advent, that word that means coming is an opportunity for you and for me to prepare our hearts so that when Christmas comes, even in the midst of all this uncertainty, we'll be ready. Actually, I would just say to you before we read today, that Jesus came the first time in a season of remarkable darkness and uncertainty. And we're told that he'll come again. Uh, His return will be during a time of upheaval and uncertainty. And so maybe the moment we're in right now, maybe this particular moment with a a pandemic and an election that's um, stirred up so much bitterness and animosity in our country, well, maybe this is the most appropriate time to have an Advent season in recent memory. So rather than be distracted by it all, maybe this is the opportunity to say, in this darkness, Jesus, would you make our hearts ready for you? I believe that might be exactly what we should all be asking for and praying for. So if you have your Bibles, um, let's open up to the prophet Isaiah chapter 64. I'm going to read, and then we're going to pray, and then we're just going to jump in and see what we can see from the Word of God today. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 9 in Isaiah 64. The prophet says, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways, but you were angry and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter, and we are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then let's see what we can see in the word today. Father, we ask you for your grace and your peace. We pray, Lord, that we would be able to hear what you would have for us today as we reflect together on the word in our homes or wherever it is that we are listening and participating in this service. We ask God for your grace as we enter into this Advent season to prepare our hearts for Christmas morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So that probably didn't sound terribly Christmassy to you. And again, this is why Advent is so important. Advent is a kind of clarifier before the feast. It's it's an opportunity to walk into a season of reflection, introspection even, where we sit with our sin and we ask God to come and we ask God to remind us of really important things. And so that's what we're gonna do. For these next few moments, I'm gonna bring four very clear things to you for us to reflect on and to ask God for help. I think there are four things in this passage that actually are worthy of our consideration as we begin this Advent journey together. Here's the first one. The prophet starts with a declaration He says, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. There is this cry in the heart of the prophet for God to come close to people like you and me. And y'all, we have to hear this because at the time that Isaiah would have written these words, there was tons of uncertainty. Uncertainty is just a given in life. And yet hear what the prophet says in the midst of uncertainty is God, would you come down and be close to us? Would you come down and do what only you can do? And I think this actually points to a real challenge that many of us face. And um, I'm a dad of three kids. They're all growing up now. I remember when one of my kids was really young and just starting to individuate. And she looked at me when I tried to help her with something. And she said, I can do it all by myself. And one of the challenges that all of us face is that we think that's a grown-up thing to say. And many of us live our lives as if we can do it by ourselves. That is until we get to a moment where we know we can't do things on our own. Many of us are facing that right now, just the cumulative effect of a season that is now grinding on month after month after month with no end in sight, frankly, in some ways, at least emotionally, good news on the vaccine front, but we're all tired. We're all stressed out. We don't know how to do this. And I believe that that feeling, that is a collective feeling, actually puts us in a place of making a decision Am I going to continue to live as if I'm in control, struggling forward every day? Or will I join the prophet and pray that very Advent prayer? Oh, that you would tear the heavens and come down. God, would you come close to us? What we're told at Christmas morning is that Jesus is our Emmanuel, God with us, not God removed, Not God on a mountaintop, not God far away or in a boardroom or behind a desk, not God who functions like a principal that if you get called into his or her office, it's always bad news, but God with us. And so what the prophet does in a time of uncertainty is he cries out. He says, oh God, that you would come and tear the heavens and come down. And I just want to be really blunt with you. You and me need to be praying this prayer right now. We need to get out of our heads and the worry of our heads and turn our worries or our stress or our anxiety into a cry. Y'all, this is why I pray in places where I can pray out loud and not be perceived as a nut job. Because if we only ever pray in our heads, what we find sometimes is that we're not actually praying, we're worrying and thinking of it as prayer. And this is why I believe that our ears need to hear our mouth cry out to God. And so one of the things that I'm doing with more discipline right now is crying out to God. Now let's hear what the prophet says. He actually says two things that happen when we cry out to God. He says brushwood is sparked and kindled, so a fire is created. Something that was dry now becomes a fire. And then he says, the fire is tended and water boils on top of it. And in the ancient world, just like our world, boiling water killed bacteria and created comforting warm food was a tool for cooking and drinking. And I believe that the Lord would say to us that when he comes close to us, he creates a spark and he cultivates and tends something that will actually create purity, and comfort, sustenance, and holiness. That's what happens when God cries out. So I just want to call you to call out to God. I want to say, when was the last time you cried out to God in a way that your ears could hear your mouth say, God, come down and help. The second thing that we see in this passage, and I think this is actually really important, the prophet calls us to remember the unexpected things that God has done in times past and this is really important for us church see without a past with God a history with God we will struggle to anticipate a future with God if we don't have a history a memory and so what the prophet says is remember the things the unexpected things that God has done in your past and I want to challenge you At the end of this service or with a group of friends or in your journal to begin to name the things that God has done do you understand how important this is because if I'm crying out for God to help me in uncertainty I have to remember and even rehearse and say the things that he's done in the past to give me an anticipation of what he might do in the future Now I think there are two kinds of remembering and the Jews help us with this. There's a personal remembering. What has God done in my life in the past? And I think you need to name those things. So do I. And then there's a collective remembering where we remember that our little story has been enfolded into a larger story. Our pastoral resident Damien a number of weeks ago said my little story needs to be enfolded into God's bigger story. I think that's one of the invitations in a passage like this. So collectively, you may be in a place where you don't have very much history with God. But if you're a Christian, you're a part of a bigger story. And so your experiences get enfolded into the experiences of the family of God. So where has God been working in your wider community? One of the things I love about the Jewish story is that Jews are able to teach us to claim things that predate us. So for instance at Passover Jews say together and to one another, we walked through the Red Sea. Now they weren't actually there walking through that Red Sea, but they claim as their story, the story of their ancestry. Similarly, in just in a couple of weeks, Jews are going to celebrate Hanukkah, the festival of lights. And when they celebrate Hanukkah and light those lights, those candles in their window, they remember that we were delivered from oppression. That our story is a story that includes our relatives and our ancestors. And so as God calls you to remember the unexpected things he's done, that needs to happen on two levels. What has God done for you? And what has God done for your people? And I'm just going to tell you, if you're a Christian, you've got a big, long, expansive story that includes your own story. So we need to remember, without a history with God we will always struggle to anticipate a hopeful future with God. And if you don't have that history, claim your family's history and then begin to set into place rhythms and habits so that you can build your own history with the Lord. The third thing, and I think this is so important, why do we need to remember? We need to remember because we tend to be leaf-like The third movement in this passage is this one. We all fade like leaves and we're easily carried away when we act like a leaf. And so what the prophet says here is essentially we become easily blown around like leaves. And it's our nature actually to feel very vulnerable. I feel this way right now. I feel very leaf-like in this season in my life. I feel more fragile than I want to be. I feel less sturdy than I wish I were. Like I'm fading sometimes. And I'm talking to a lot of people inside our church and outside our church who feel like a leaf at the end of fall that's just barely hanging on thinking I'm about to fall and I'm going to be blown away. And I just want to say to you that if you feel that way, you're in really good company. And yet it doesn't have to be the end of your story. What the prophet says here, and I'll just read it. He says, we all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. And I've been thinking about this lately. When I'm in a place of uncertainty, if I don't cry out to God and remember, I usually fall into patterns and habits of sin that put space between me and God. And we have to be really clear. What sin is, is not necessarily something you gleefully do. The word sin in the Greek language, hamartia, just means to miss the mark. It's it's an archery term. It means you aim and you miss. And many of us right now would say, I feel like I'm aiming and missing. I don't think I'm acting like I should. I'm not treating people in my life like I want to. My habits and my appetites are maybe a little bit out of control because it's the response, right, of stress when we try to do it all by ourselves. And what happens is, is our sin actually puts us in a place of further separation, of a disquiet in our spirit. And the prophet gives language to this. He says, your sin makes you feel like a leaf, makes you feel fragile and isolated and easily carried away, blown around. But y'all, before we can move on from this, we have to acknowledge the places in our lives that are not going well So are you taking time to reflect? See, without proper reflection, we may not know how we're really doing. Advent is a time to step back and ask questions about how we're actually doing. And today, if you are feeling leaf-like, if maybe your sin is bubbling up a little and it's causing some shame and some isolation, it will do you no good to deny that. We actually have to live in a place of reality so God can meet us. But y'all, the story doesn't end there. The fourth thing that I want to tell you, the fourth thing I think we're invited to see in this passage is this. God is able to shape us and to form us into what he desires, into that which he desires. So the passage actually moves from leaf imagery to clay imagery. I may feel like a leaf, but when God looks at me, when he looks at you, he sees clay. And clay is sturdy and yet soft and malleable. And so the picture that we have in this passage is that God actually is a potter and our Father who is wanting to shape us into something, form us into something that is more sturdy than that leaf that is not able to be carried away and blown away like the leaf is. And I just want to say to you that in the eyes of God, you are more sturdy than you believe that you are. See, your sin says you're a leaf, but God says you're clay. But we have to actually submit to the hand of a a potter. And I think that's why the imagery here is so important. What God is ultimately saying is you feel fragile But when I look at you, I long to shape you and make you a malleable, sturdy thing that would actually create and generate beauty. That's what God wants. Our world wants something else. The stress in our life pushes us in one direction, but God says, Let me put my hands on you, not to hurt you, but let me put my hands on to form you. I remember hearing once Dallas Willard said, who's a favorite author of mine, he said, Everyone has a formation, everyone's being shaped into something or someone of some kind. It's just whether you do it on purpose, whether it's good, or whether it's unintentional and maybe destructive. You are being formed, I'm being formed. Let's ask the Lord to help form us. These next number of weeks in the Advent season are a real invitation for us to take our formation and put it in the hands of God. I believe the Lord wants you and me to grow over these next days and weeks. I think he wants us to be a kind of person that when Christmas morning comes, even if we feel a little isolated, a little bit cut off, are alive in him, shaped by him, formed by him. So I'm going to call you to take some extra time to read and to pray and to think deep and true thoughts, to ask questions of God, to talk and have conversations with your trusted friends or family members. Let's redeem time. See, just as we light these candles and we mark time as we walk through the Advent season, the Lord wants you and me to redeem time. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna leave you with three questions, and this could be an opportunity for you to uh, reflect in groups, or if you're on your own, to reflect in a, in a journal setting by, by yourself. And so these three questions are the ones that came to me as I brought this sermon your way. Number one, this is an opportunity to take some time to reflect on God's past work in your life. So that's actually not a question, but it's an, an invitation for work. Where has God worked? In you personally and in your wider story? Let's name those things. Number two, in which parts, in what parts of your life do you currently feel leaf-like? Where is God inviting you to face or to deal with certain sins in your life? I think naming your leafy spots would be really helpful. And then finally, what does submission to God's forming, shaping hand look like for you in this season? So let's reflect on those things and maybe talk about them, share with friends or trusted others. We're gonna now pray the Lord's Prayer together. So wherever you are, let's join and pray these words that Jesus has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. God bless you as we walk together through this Advent season, amen.